0: Episode 54. A one, a two, a one, two. Just kidding. (laughs) I
1: don't think we need to put people through that again.
0: Maybe. Should we? Maybe in the future. Mm. can make it a series. I know people just got excited. I know.
1: They're like waiting for the music to kick in. I'm sorry. We don't have another song for today.
0: (laughs) But we will. But we have been brainstorming for the next one.
1: If there's a next one, we have ideas
0: in store when there is a next one. Yeah.
1: takes time. That took like an hour at least. And it was kind of spur of the moment. So it was an hour that I didn't necessarily have like planned for my
0: day. Yeah. I think that was replaced uh, that replaced the PM workout for that day. I think you're right actually, which is good. Like my throat
1: definitely hurt more from the singing than it would from a, a workout. So there must be something to that. But we're back. Took a bit of a break there after the new year. Um, Had some equipment issues and then went on a little ski getaway. I don't know what to call it. A weekend away? Yeah. Up to BC, kicking horse. Very advanced mountain. It's a mountain, in fact, where over 50% of the runs are advanced runs, black or double black, which needless to say, it's my mountain. It's my place. It's the place for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Every time you get off the top, the chairlift at the top, that stairway to heaven lift, and you take the right to go like uh, down the cat track, and there's that sign that says advanced only with like black and double black. I'm like, damn
0: right no every time you go by you're like oh
1: (laughs) just like women it is the like the sketchiest cat track it's not like it's not the cat track that you're thinking it's steep it's narrow there's like lots of exposure and consequence on one side it's bumpy
0: and you have people ripping down
1: yeah you have people who use the cat track as like their own personal like i don't know stunt area
0: um, when we were, when we went to Kicking Horse for the first time ever <laughs> last year, it was in February. And my mom was like, we're thinking of a trip to Kicking Horse. Um, we would stay like these days on the mountain. And first thing Meredith does is lo- looks up the trail map and it's just like a spider web of like black. And I'm pretty sure she was like, um, <laughs> there is no bottom. Can I ski here?
1: <laughs> It's all like, it's all my response. Yeah, you'll be fine. It's all bowls. I found this one trail map. And if you Google kicking horse map or kicking horse trail map, you'll find it. And it has it. So essentially you see the five bowls that are the funnel into the bottom. And they're all, there's like one that's labeled only the most extreme, big deal, don't whip out, leg burn, steeps, which is where we, that's where we stay. Mm -hmm. That's over on skiers left yeah and at the bottom is labeled juice boxes
0: (laughs) which is true it's a fun mountain anyways we head out on we had skied on thursday and then we head out again on saturday this past saturday and we had to kind of ski down there's like a little it's like it's basically flat from where you park to the gondola line and i pop my skis on and i ski down and it's like Typical, like skiing with Meredith is just a day of waiting, waiting for her to figure out how to get her gloves or her like pole straps clicked into her poles, waiting for her to figure out what boot buckle she needs to do, like to do up, waiting for her to make sure that her pants are over her boots, waiting (laughs) for her to tap the snow off the bottom of her boots, waiting for her to put her skis together to get them on her shoulder. It's really just painful. It tests my patience to the greatest degree. So anyways, I'm waiting as per usual at the bottom of the lodge where the gondola line is. And oh, sometimes I have to wait for her to get her her new pass because she's lost her pass. (laughs) Sometimes I have to wait for her to walk down the stairs in ski boots because she's so slow. Okay. But anyways, I'm waiting for her and it's like two minutes, like the the track probably takes 20 seconds. So I'm like, even it takes her a minute longer to put her skis on, which is typical. It wouldn't take her that long to get down to me. So she shows up probably like two or three minutes later and there's like snow all over her helmet. And she's like, my ski popped off, I fell.
1: Well, it did. I was like, I put my skis on and then I look at you and I'm like, well, Alex doesn't have her boot, her buckles done up on her boot. I'm not going to do my buckles up on my boots. I like put my skis on. I don't even have my like helmet like buckled or tightened. I like, I think right at the, I like just happened to pull my goggles down. And so I'm skiing and I'm looking down at my boots and I'm like, I don't really know. I don't really know if I like skiing with my buckles on I feel kind of loose <laughs> and it was like right as I thought that my binding just like ejected my boot and I was like I wasn't going very fast so I had a lot of time to be like what the fuck? and just like shoulder into the ground and I think I like laid there for a second because there were people that were skiing by me and I was just like damn it <laughs> so I stand back up fortunately in the crash, my crash my boots buckled themselves so i didn't have to do that click my ski back on get to the bottom and i'm like yes i
0: crashed on the ski in. <laughs> so i'm like hey let's go to the bathroom like takes forever to get down the stairs finally gets, i don't take that like, so i'm making me sound like i'm really waiting, slow, not that slow okay i guess it's all relative <clears throat> i'm waiting in the bathroom She's like a few steps behind me because I don't like walking that slow. So I usually walk ahead of her and she'll catch up eventually (laughs) because I'm just like that. Yeah. Um, A good girlfriend. So I'm like kind of waiting for her to like turn the corner to go into the stalls. And all of a sudden I just see there's like a half wall that kind of like separates like the hallway to the entrance of the bathroom. And I just see her (laughs) complete like, like. Wiley, what is it, like a roadrunner coyote? Uh-huh. Basically, just like legs flying underneath, and then all of a sudden, just like goes down. It's like, what the fuck? God damn it! <laughs> this and is not so a good way took, to start the day. It took all, <laughs> it took all of my willpower not to pretend that I didn't know her, <laughs> and be like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> So, um, I, uh, I noticed that you've
1: fallen and I feel somewhat obligated to check on you before I start laughing at you, which I think is what happened there. Isn't is, like not a good morning for me. No, it wasn't. It's because I have race boots. <laughs> no, it's not. It's good. They don't have any grip on the bottom. I've been so careful to not do that because that's some fear that I have. And then I think I was just so flustered about like crashing on the ski in that I was just, I was being reckless. <laughs> and I paid the price for that. What can I say? Yeah, I went full yard sale in the bathroom. You we were the only one in there, thankfully. Thankfully. That was, that was, it was embarrassing. It would have been embarrassing all by myself. I embarrassed myself.
0: <sighs> but the day improved after that, I think. It did. Yeah, Meredith's funny because she's, Completely decked out in all the latest gear. As like <laughs> you should be. <laughs> right. Um, buys new skis every few months because she thinks that's going to make the difference. I don't buy new skis every but few months. But she did get new boots. And the funny thing about these boots is they're the... If you're familiar at all with skiing, you know like the Lang race boots are just... The, you know that blue. It's like a very royal blue. Very easy to point out. They have There's like fluorescent orange on the buckles. <laughs> what's weird about Lang is they they make like a softer boot the same that they're not necessarily race boots, but they make them the color of the race boot.
1: They're for they're for like junior skiers. They're so for
0: like Meredith has basically yeah. what look like full on race boots. Yes.
1: That's me. I didn't get them because they're race boots. I got them because they fit the best and yeah. they happen to be that obnoxious blue color. I would have been perfectly happy, in fact, happier with black. Boots. I know, I know. But it's
0: just a, it's a funny scene,
1: a scene. I'm a scene now. <laughs> Is that, did you just describe
0: me as a scene? There's like moments on the ski hill where you like you got your like ski stuck, and it's it's so hard for me. It sometimes slips out where I'm like, "Let's go." <laughs> yeah, you know, we also decided we determined that you were like kind of an
1: asshole as a kid. Like when you were skiing as a kid, you just had absolutely no patience for anyone at all ever? No.
0: What? Like the people who just take forever to walk around in ski boots, like walking downstairs, it's like...
1: You were probably as a like nine-year-old kid, like, come on, just like move.
0: (laughs) I was. I hate those kids. I was, I think I was that kid too, who would like push their skis in between, like from behind. Like in the lift line in between people's skis to like get farther in. That sounds like you. Yeah. I would have tripped you. We used to get our passes pulled like racers because we were skiing too fast in slow zones and yeah. like cutting people off and stuff. Yep. Still do that. This surprises me. Zero percent.
1: Why don't they take your pass now? Because you paid for it.
0: I don't know. Because we ski at Kicking Horse and not at like Nikiska. Not true. as many people. That's true. Not as many gorbs. I haven't had any close calls this year.
1: Well, it's because we haven't been to sunshine and had to deal with snowboarders yet. Yeah, that's true. No offense if you're a snowboarder, but some offense look behind you. Yeah. Jesus. It's like with snowboarding, you have like, you're going down the mountain and there's like an entire, you have a, literally a 180 degree blind spot and it would behoove you to be aware of that or snowboarders to be aware of that, but they're not. They'll just like come across like a, a run With skiers skiing right at them, completely oblivious. I hate it. Anyways, I don't want to go on a snowboarder rant, but it's just too easy to do sometimes. Yeah. Anywho, a lot has happened since we were last on here. A lot of blues that just wrapped up, which was a kind of a shit show. I didn't realize they didn't have a podium ceremony, but I guess that makes sense because it went so late because of the weather. And it's kind of funny to me. This is not what we're going to talk about, but I will talk about it. A couple of years ago when we did it, we were on team of three. Um, the weather was really bad on the final day like it was this year. And there's no rain plan. There's no indoor venue. The whole thing is outdoor. It's like outside or bus. I don't know what they would do if it just rained the entire day. I guess it would cancel the final day. But anyways, what they did to ensure that the elite division – got all their events in was they canceled like scaled and intermediate and masters. They just slashed like all of these divisions and people got really upset rightfully. So because you know, it's a lot of time and it's a lot of money to get down there and compete. And even if you're competing in the intermediate division or scaled or whatever, like that for a lot of people is the only competition or the only big one that they will do for the year. It's like people's regionals and they, they, they do have to qualify to do it. It's not just like sign up and do it. Um, and i I found that a little bit distasteful back then. And then, you know, it happened again this year and people are upset, but it's like, you know, I, I know that a lot of people were around three years ago when it happened and it's, it's like, you know, that they haven't changed their protocols. So I don't know. It's just kind of a, a bummer. It's like, I would almost rather they have less divisions, like fewer divisions, And at least allow them all to run. Like maybe cut one of the elite events.
0: Like, do you really need the final event? No. Yeah, that's a tough question. Because I think most people who are there spectating are there to watch the elites. Mm -hmm. So, and there's more money on the line for the elites. Yes. So it is important to make sure that you're like allowing for the number of events that you've planned for and promised. Whereas like intermediate and elite, like, I guess it is a big deal, but if you, and I'm speaking not from experience because I've never been an intermediate or, or like scaled, I know how much it means to those people. It means just as much to them, if not more to them than, um, like an elite athlete, because most of the time they've had to take time off work. They're paying out of pocket. They haven't been to it, to Waterpalooza before, but there isn't any money on the line. And they do, like, when you sign up for Intermediate and Elite, you need to understand that there's, like, you are kind of second tier in terms of, like, the way that the organizers see you, which is unfortunate. But it it is hard when, like, people are in an uproar about their events getting canceled. I I understand I'm sympathetic to that, but at the same time, like, I don't necessarily disagree.
1: Yeah, I guess it may be just some sort of qualifier when people... Mm -hmm. sign up like hey fyi in in the event of inclement weather like your division is subject to um like truncation or something like that yeah just like there's a possibility that not you will not do all of your events uh in the event you know of whatever
0: i was actually pretty surprised they did the elite the last event
1: i was too because i assumed that the um there was some sort of like noise or some ordinance out there that would have prevented them from going that late, but maybe that's, they decided to do it instead of have the podium ceremony. And yeah, it went really late though.
0: Probably it was, I think fairly important for at least the women to have that final event. Cause it was closer. Yeah. In points. So yeah. makes more sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, anyways, I, I didn't, we, we didn't really watch a ton of it. Um, we watched them cause we had some people competing uh shout out to Paige Semenza who did quite well and but I do like it you're seeing some different faces which is cool like it's nice to not see the same people up at that I mean you saw like a major shake up on both the men's and the women's with people who were in the top 3 top 5 which is which is exciting some some people have been around a long time like obviously I mean McQuaid has been competing for some time so it's kind of nice to see her yeah i think
0: you look at the list and you're like oh like you know Katrin's not competing Tia's not competing Annie isn't competing like who's even competing and it's like oh Bethany she's probably gonna win because she's the most like well-known well-known and like has come like at the top top I think five in the game before yeah and so it's kind of like it's nice to see I mean the girl who was winning from she's from Australia right for a while there yeah Ellie she i was like i don't i don't know who she is yeah She's it was super it was definitely too. nice to see a shake up and see some new faces and probably like a surprise to a lot of people yeah but
1: yeah it'll be interesting to watch the season play out and i read that tia's bobsled team got their official invitation or whatever to the olympic games yeah so good for her um yeah. And then the other big thing that happened and kind of will be the main talking point for this podcast is Dave Castro was dismissed, fired. fired from CrossFit organization, CrossFit HQ. And man, that really started a shit storm. Hey.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people <clears throat> asked us about it and our thoughts we have some i mean i think our the amount of information we have on the topic is somewhat limited i'm sure more will will come to to fruition as days go by yeah potentially i don't know
1: well, i think like what we do know is the way that it came out which is you know there you know there, there's probably some truth to what dave put out which is eric raza being the sort of professional that he is like, regardless of the exact situation and circumstances said, like, maybe we, we make this look mutual, um, kind of go the high road here. Um, so it doesn't really shake the boat. And obviously that's not what Dave wanted to do. And he went public with it before CrossFit was able to announce anything publicly. And I guess like, you know, Dave is the, Dave is the old CrossFit. And I think that
0: he's also the, he's also a still a big part of the new CrossFit.
1: Yeah. And so I, you know, I don't think this is Dave going away. Um, I have obviously the way that I wish that it would have happened is a little bit different than the way that it did happen. But again, I don't know the entire situation. Um,
0: here's my take. Okay. I, I know Dave Castro on a somewhat personal level, at least a professional level, I guess it's a mix because I I was on the demo team for two years, 2017 and 2019. So I'm in like, you hang out with Dave for basically a week. And then I've been up, we've both been up to the ranch, um, on an, an occasion for a week. I've been to, I was in Car- Carlsbad prior to the two, 2017 games to spend time with Dave testing workouts, Um, so I, like I've spent a fair amount of time with Dave and then I also know him just like through seeing him at regionals. And and then when I competed at the games and then of course, just like, you know, being a part of CrossFit for the last like 10 years. Um, I like Dave, I think like there's, and we've said this before, I think there's this like perception of him being an asshole and maybe, I don't know if he tries to be like that on like on the games like associated with crossfit he likes to have a certain persona i don't think that's actually reflective of his personality like he's a really caring like interesting smart individual he's not an asshole in person he can be blunt but not in an asshole kind of way he does he's doing his job and he takes it seriously he also cares a lot about the athletes and about crossfit and but at the same time like he is a big personality and i And he, he has grown up with the sport and Eric Rose is coming in to take the sport in a new direction, which is the direction away from like what Greg has created. And I think people kind of want CrossFit to just be the same as it always has with a non bigot leader. Yeah. Problem is, and this is from what I see on social media is Dave is still associating or had associated himself with Greg Glassman. And that's the only post that I've seen. He also associates himself with Savon, who is also very old school CrossFit and politically motivated or not politically motivated, but is divisive, divisive and extreme and CrossFit's kind of been like that. Um, and i think it's difficult eric has probably tr- is trying to get away from that and try to create more of like i'm and again this is partially speculation um trying to create a more professional environment and get away from that and it's probably difficult when dave is still holding on to the past and again speculation but that's also based on what i've seen on social media um from an athlete's perspective i think that this is potentially a good thing for the fairness of the sport because it takes it out of one person's hands and puts it into more of like a structured organizational um, thing where you've got maybe some more checks and balances, less favoritism, um, more like maybe they're hiring some different people who are a little bit more like adept in creating like a fair sport. It might help get better sponsors. That sort of thing, yeah. Um, but at the same time, I am personally sad to see like that Dave won't be a part of it because I do like him and he does add like a very st- strong like entertainment value.
1: Yeah, and that's the He's a personality. That's the conflict, and like because we we do know we knew know Dave on a personal level. Um, yeah, and like one of my one of the things that I remember most about Dave, um, aside from you know, just the way he is, um, when you interact with him one-on-one is like, he is a, a curious person and he does really like learning and reading and gaining perspective. And I remember when we were there, it was either testing workouts, um, at the ranch or when we were actually in Madison for a demo in 2019, he, he asked us about our experience as a couple and about our experiences being gay and some of the, um, the things that he just didn't know about. And I could almost, I could tell he was kind of uncomfortable asking the questions that he was asking, but I think he just really wanted to know what our perspective was in life, just in life, not in life as an athlete, not, um, you know, necessarily not like business owners, just in life. What is it like? What is the dynamic? Like, what are some of the things that you guys go through on a
0: daily basis?
1: And it, um, you know, that just, it, it yeah,
0: we were, he said we were his first gay friends.
1: Yeah. Um, which isn't a huge surprise. Like he's from a small town in California. He was in the Navy SEALs, like just not a, a, not necessarily in many communities where he would have exposure to, um, gay or queer people. And, um, I just, I know what it takes to ask those questions when you're not, um, you don't have a level of familiarity and like, I just, I appreciated that and I appreciated that he wanted to learn and know us in that way. Um, so yeah, I, I really like Dave. I have also, I guess had the, um, I have the background in the corporate world and have been through rounds of layoffs myself. Um, not, I wasn't laid off, but I've been in an organization when there were layoffs and it can kind of shake you up. Um, and a lot of the times when new leadership comes into an organization, for example, when I was working in, in and around maybe 2014 or so, um, we, our CEO, we had a new CEO come in and the entire leadership change, the entire leadership team changed. Like, there wasn't opportunity for the old leadership to to stay on. The whole organization just turned over. And I think that is extremely common, especially when new senior leadership comes in and they do want to change the the corporate values and the culture and they want to move in a different direction. And so um, that's obviously not what happened with CrossFit and with Eric Rosa. And I think part of that is because he does – he understood and understands what Dave brings to the table from a leadership standpoint, from a sports standpoint, from a fan standpoint. Um, but at the same time, um, I can appreciate how difficult it would be to have someone underneath you who like you have a difficult time managing or who you don't feel is necessarily on board with your vision or the direction you want to go. And no matter how hard you try, and you want to include that person, you know if it isn't going to work, it isn't going to work, and it's better to kind of cut ties and allow everyone to move on. And I guess what I what I wish had happened. Um, and again, this is I don't have enough information to know if this was even possible, uh, but I guess I wish it had been handled with a little bit more grace, kind of understanding that no matter what, Dave is not leaving the competitive CrossFit scene. Like he's just going to kind of go into a different space and fill a different role. Most likely. Most likely. Um, just because of his affiliations with rogue and athletes and like, it's what he does. Um, so I guess I saw an opportunity maybe to remain like a leader in the community and remain like, um, fixed to the sport just in a different role. But I can also appreciate how painful it might be to, um, um, be fired from a job that you really enjoy doing and so yeah i guess it's like you said i think it probably from a business standpoint and sport future of the sports standpoint is a good thing um it's just kind of a maybe a painful and uncomfortable way to get there
0: yeah i mean he essentially like if you think about it like created the crossfit games yeah and he created them
1: in a time Um, I guess when you think about CrossFit as a whole, and so like early CrossFit and the CrossFit games are kind of one, and then maybe around 2016, they started to split off into the CrossFit games and then, you know, CrossFit.com and kind of the different initiatives and lobbying that Greg was doing. But the whole thing was kind of came to be because of, um, you know, Greg's and the entire organization's tendency to be combative and to be aggressive and to pick fights with, you know, established organizations and companies and, you know, the NSCA, um, like Big Pharma, Coca-Cola, like all of this stuff. And, um, it really worked, I think, to get the the company and the, the sport off the ground because it attracted a lot of attention um really quickly but it's like at some point you can stop doing that you don't need to do it because it's it's not only as the the company and the mission of the of HQ been legitimized somewhat but the sport has become more legitimate so you, we can like now we can stop playing playing games necessarily yeah. and that was the way but that was the way Greg was that was the way Dave was like just would kind of get into it with, with anyone, anytime. Like you can't say anything bad about CrossFit. Like you can't say it doesn't work. You can't like, <clears throat>
0: yeah, it is. It's I think. And then also to point out, like there's like Dave was, he was involved in all the set. Like he, he was in charge of like seminars and seminar staff and scheduling and stuff. Like he was pretty involved.
1: Well, he was, that was up until 2020 Mm -hmm. when he was, went full time with the
0: sport. I guess like thinking back, it was only recently and I was kind of just annoyed by this whole thing. And maybe this kind of was, maybe it's worth mentioning point and pointing out because it could have had an impact. And as an example of what I'm talking about in terms of like professionalizing the organization and the sport, it was uh, maybe like a month ago where I think James Fitzgerald was on a podcast and he said that CrossFit wasn't individualized. Yeah. And then there was a big hullabaloo about like all these CrossFit people being like CrossFit is individualized, like you can scale. Um, and there's, I guess, valid arguments on both sides. I really don't care enough about the programming aspect to have a, a an opinion. Um, what I do have an opinion about was how it was handled by the director of sport, which was pretty dang petty on his Instagram. Yeah. Like, and it's just, it's like all these like, like little podcasts and it's just, nothing is, nothing is like, they're not solid in their, their mission. They have to pick like small fights with these other, other companies and like other people who are personalities in the sport of fitness or functional fitness or whatever or who have been a part of it like it just doesn't it's it's petty it's like if someone says something about crossfit just let them say it like
1: yeah like you don't have to prove anything anymore like it's been proven
0: but it yeah and it just it seems like silly almost i'm like you guys are huge or at least you know you're and you're trying to i don't know it
1: yeah and i guess the non-response by eric and by CrossFit, immediately I respected because it, it is just it was kind of typical behavior I think from a Greg era uh, member of
0: a response to what this
1: a response to yeah Dave's initial post about the firing like you know oh, Eric we're
0: talking about that now
1: we are I'm sorry I okay. went backwards, um, but I I saw that as a massive step forward for the organization who has historically gotten into it with people who, you know say negative things um and I just I thought that that was certainly Eric could have done that CrossFit could have released a statement immediately saying this isn't true this 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 you know that's not true but they didn't because it's like at some point you have to rise above the fray and I think many times Greg um and Dave had an opportunity to rise like you're gonna bicker about something that James Fitzgerald said on Savan's podcast about a, a comment that like doesn't matter and was taken out of context anyways. You're not even arguing about individu- individualization. You're arguing about the definition of individualization, which mm-hmm. is so silly. It's so silly. It's so, like, pointless. Um, so I guess that's, like, when I think about the the progression here, I think that's, you know, that's the the, the positive. But I think people got so upset, and that's kind of what, like, that's what interests me, is the... The outrage and the the backlash on social media, and it was it was immediate and it was nasty. And I think that um, I've talked about this before in different on a different medium. Um, but there are a lot of things that are kind of, for lack of a better analogy, replacing religion in our society. Um, people tie their identities to to what they do, the organizations that they're behind. Uh, the people in those organizations. and I think CrossFit um, CrossFit specifically has sort of embedded itself into people's identities and like to a point where it just becomes salient and it becomes such a like a, a core part of who you are. And I guess this is not new. there's like a concept called the self identity theory, and it sort of proposes that um, social identity and the way that you conceptualize yourself are based on your participation and membership in different social groups. So, um, things like sports teams, like religion is in there, nationalities, uh, occupation, sexual orientation, ethnic groups and that can change depending on the situation. Like you might not feel like you're a particularly patriotic person, but you know, when the Olympics rolls around and you see someone standing on the podium with a maple leaf flag over their heads, you probably feel strongly like I am a Canadian in the same way that when, you know, there's stars and stripes hanging up there, I think strong, even though I have lots of problems with the U.S., I think I am an American and I feel proud for that. And it's, it's part of my identity. Um, but I think that, You know, when you, when you start to, when you start to develop these in-group and out-group kind of biases, this, this us versus them kind of mentality, which is CrossFit's bread and butter and has been for years. When someone says something, uh, or challenges, you know, the belief system of the, uh, organization in which you have involved yourself, you, it's difficult to to take a step back and say they are criticizing um, the organization and not me. Instead, you, it's easy to say it's easy to, to interpret that as a criticism on yourself. And so then, instead of um, asking questions or trying to understand, you get defensive, and that's kind of what I saw. And you know, with CrossFit specifically, the organization has become so like central to people's self con concept that like emotions just run really high and beyond CrossFit, they attach themselves to people within CrossFit. So specifically in this case, Dave, because Mm -hmm. he is the most well-known, he is the face of CrossFit and he has been for years. And so you can't consider CrossFit without Dave. So when something happens to Dave, Dave, something is happening to CrossFit and that is, that's how you self-conceptualize. So it feels like something is happening to you and it's very disruptive and it's upsetting and it's difficult to manage those emotions. But it's no different than, you know, the, the coach of a, a sports team getting fired. It's no different than, you know, your manager at work getting fired. It's no different than, um, you know, if you're a religious person, you know, the pastor at your church getting, you know, retiring or whatever, it, it shakes you up. Um, the way that, the way that I kind of think that this differs is in the lack of consequence. So when I think about what has happened with Dave, I immediately go to like layoffs and firings at a, you know, a, a corporation that is not so dissimilar from CrossFit. I mean, it's bigger and more professional than that. Um, you know, my, my manager was laid off one time and it upset me and, you know, but I can't go on a rampage at work and start yelling at the new leadership saying like, you're an idiot. Like, you don't know what you're doing. You know, this, this, and this, why? Because the consequences are too high because as soon as I decide to do that, guess who's the next one out the door? You, me. Yeah. and so like the internet provides this veil of security because there are no consequences on the internet like beyond you know if you're a big name in the sport or whatever there are obviously some consequences to having strong opinions not really it's not really going to affect the opportunity that you have moving forward and certainly if you're a nobody a member and an affiliate who just loves dave or loves like you know the gun toting part of crossfit the uber conservative i can do whatever i want screw the establishment if you identify with that and like you feel like eric rose is taking that away you can feel all kinds of way then you can go on the internet and and run your mouth off with absolutely no consequence whatsoever none that's the difference
0: yeah well i think to go a little back a little bit like there's i think the word loyalty needs to be thrown into in there like there's some weird like thing where people feel like there's like They need to be loyal to Dave.
1: Well, I think because they, I think it's because of what Dave represents. Like, and this is, again, this is, we can go down a lot of different rabbit holes here, but Dave does what he wants to do. Like he's, he's a a gun guy. He lives in like on a ranch in California. He does his thing. Like, I don't know what Dave's political affiliations are. I could guess, but. Like he represents a certain way of life to people who feel like that way of life is threatened with like the way that the U.S. is going.
0: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely there is a lot of parallels to like the way that you're describing what maybe has happened in CrossFit the last couple of weeks to what happened when Trump was not reelected. Do you want to elaborate on that? Well, like when Trump was, wasn't elected, like people just went crazy. Yeah. And they, you know, just like Trump, Dave still has like a voice. Yep. And he can sit, he can sit there and say like, Eric was wrong to fire me. Like he thinks that, you know, he's trying to say it's mutual and it's not like the same thing with Trump to say like, oh, you know, like this was unfair. This was unfair. Like I, you know, you know, still you know, still fight for me. And like, you know, look at all these people who are st- still believe that I'm the winner. And that, you know, what I have to say is the way the things should be and all of these things. And, and then also that the lack of like consequences, like you can get on social media and just like talk and say anything and you just there's no consequence. And I mean, it got to the point where like there were rallies and stuff and like people yeah. were tearing down buildings and and like a lot of them just walked away because, you know, you're part of a, a mass of people. And yeah. I I guess like, I'm not saying like, I'm, I'm just kind of stating what I, where I see like a parallel. And I, I don't think it's obviously not as extreme, but there is like a loyalty. And I think you're right. It extends to the way people live their lives and what their values are and what people stand for. Like Dave stands for CrossFit, CrossFit. He also stands for other things. And CrossFit also stands for other things and has in the past. And I think... Eric is trying to move away from that. Like they are trying to be a little bit more like not even conservative in terms of like, not politically conservative, like just conservative period, like (laughs) not politically driven, not having hard stances on things like just quiet and like, uh, like running a sport and a sports organization Yeah. and like affiliates, like even within affiliates, like I don't walk into very many businesses where I see like, I mean, yeah, you see like pride flags and stuff like that now, but you don't see in like most businesses, although I'm not living in the U S yeah, but I I'll say at least from my client's perspective, they don't walk into a lot of businesses and they're like, "Mm, I feel uncomfortable here because I see like the blue line. Yeah. Whereas like you hear a lot more about that in CrossFit gyms. Yeah. You hear, you see on social media a lot more CrossFit gyms, like voicing their opinions on lockdowns and like government stuff. Whereas like you don't see that from a lot of other businesses. Yeah. Maybe, and I'll admit it could be because I just follow more CrossFit gyms and I'm just in that world that I think it's happening more. But um, I don't think I'm alone in that. Like, yeah, I mean, the only thing I can even think that would be remotely
1: similar would be like bars yeah you know how some bars are like there's and obviously, maybe in
0: different areas of the world but. yeah
1: yeah yeah um that's a good point i think that you know i i was listening to this podcast the other day and it was talking about just the way that people are with their belief systems and if you want to like sort of check someone's intelligence and their ability to um progress forward as a thinker like check in on on what their beliefs are now versus you know, two or three years ago, on something that demands a dynamic thought approach, and if they're the exact same, like a good example is the like coronavirus thing. If you, if if someone's beliefs are the exact same as they were two years ago, that's a a problem, and that goes for people who are hypersensitive to it, and for people who are, uh, you know, on the COVID is a, you know, a, a made up it's a hoax, like really, like the the one of the the markers for an intellectually Competent person, and the way that that corporations should run is like strong convictions loosely held, which is you can have strong beliefs, and CrossFit will always have like strong core beliefs um, that that drive decisions, but it doesn't mean that they're held so strongly that you're going to go and that the leadership is going to go to war every time that new evidence comes up or that they're shaken or that they're asked to think in a different way, they're asked to think out of the box, which has historically been how CrossFit is operated. And I believe that Eric Rosa is trying to move in that direction, which is a company that has strong values, has strong beliefs, employs people that share those values and belief, beliefs, but are also open-minded and diverse and willing to move in a new direction, like operate for the good of everyone, you know, versus just you to continue to fight the same fights that they've been fighting for years.
0: Um, <clears throat> there were a lot of people to go back to the Dave thing who posted on social media like uh, we did we did one and it was just like Dave was uh you know cool to get to know and like we'll be sorry to see him go like just kind of like he cared a lot about the games and brought a lot to CrossFit and uh, like a lot of people kind of posted um on his like in the comments on his post like thanks for you know a great career like you'll be missed like just like nice things to say kind of like farewells i guess yeah and then michelle latondra um posted and she had a really good post she basically just said like wow this termination is a is a shock um uh that this is that her thoughts on this change are simply that it's a change and while it's although like a significant blow, the CrossFit Games community and CrossFit will be okay and will flourish once again. People's passion line, CrossFit, and what it has done for many, and this will not die so long as we continue to love our sport and training methodology. And I guess like I really like this take because it kind of like, it did, it did, it kind of like took the pressure off of like, yeah, the us versus them, Dave versus Eric, like, Eric is a bad person. Eric is an idiot. Like we're loyal to Dave. Dave means this. Like, but what really it is, is it's like, it's what the value there and what we need to recognize is like CrossFit is still there. And like, it's going to change of course. But like, does that mean that we need to be in an uproar? No. Like if we, if we kind of like stay loyal to CrossFit and like see it for what it's brought us as a community or as an organization, then like we can kind of roll with the punches and like stay strong together. Yeah. But what I but I and I think her her thing was much needed because her stance. You go on like you were saying you follow Eric Rosa and like he posted a video or a picture of him in his in the snow with his kid and people were just like commenting like you're a effing idiot and like how you know just like attacking him. Yeah. On his like per- like, and I don't think Eric really uses his personal page. Like kind of Dave uses his page for the, cr- for CrossFit. It's like, it is, he knows he's, he's being looked at because he's the new CEO and he's under a microscope. But at the same time, like, is it really necessary to be like doing that? I don't necessarily yeah. think so. Like <sighs> he's, he's trying to do the best for this new organized. He's doing his best. He's in charge. He has a vision. Like, if you don't want to be a part of it, leave,
1: like take your, like, here's what you can do. And it's going to work way better than, than like commenting on someone's Instagram post, take your money and take your actions and go elsewhere. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. And if you're actually that upset and you actually care that much, sit down, author a letter, like actually write an email
0: and send it to Eric. I think people think that what Eric did was morally wrong, but they don't know, like you said, they're not, in touch with what goes on in a corporation and that's what crossfit is
1: and you're not in the room like you have no idea what it's like to actually work with dave yeah i don't know but like maybe it's actually free maybe it's terrible like you have you have no idea what led to that decision you know like you know two percent of what actually happened and it's like i get that i get that people can be upset like like based on what we just discussed but at the same time like don't be an asshole about it
0: Um, I will point out one last thing on this to kind of just bring some more information to light. On a YouTube video, like the day or two after Dave's firing, Savon
1: Who is like turned into a major opportunist. Yeah. Just with what he talks about. Basically
0: gets on there. And I didn't even listen to the whole thing because I honestly don't really pay any attention to him anymore. He, it's fine if you do. I just, I personally don't spend my time listening to what he has to say um but it's this was sent to me and he basically said that eric like recently eric had posted i don't remember where it was but he basically said i have been a little bit mia lately because i've just been dealing with some personal stuff um some mental health issues i don't i think he may have said like depression but i've got a handle on and i'm just taking it seriously and taking some time to get back which there has been a push to like talk about mental illness and like make that a conversation which is it's the way society is moving yeah and it's, it's a good thing it takes probably even for him a lot of courage to come out and say that and Sivan gets on there and says how could how can Eric Rosa be making these types of decisions when he's mentally
1: he just announced that he's mentally disabled. Like those are actually the words that came out of Savan's mouth, and it's like, a, if you actually believe that, like you're far more simple than I thought you were, and b, like I don't think you actually believe that. I think you're just saying that to be an asshole. And the whole like, like the reason why people continue to struggle with being open and about their mental health struggles is because of people like Savan. Because you come out and you say, "I'm struggling with mental health. I battle depression." And someone like Savan is going to be is going to turn that around and say you are mentally disabled. Like there's a difference between a mental disability and a mental illness.
0: Yeah, it's just not right, and it's immature, and it's not professional. At and on top of that, like Dave associates himself with Savan. Well, and like still. Savon has and this that is huge, a huge like, portion me. of
1: the community that's just like gravitating towards him because he represents like old CrossFit and we're going to be assholes about everything. We're going to make fun of fat people. We're going to say it's their fault. Like you're choosing to kill yourself with carbs. Like Eric Rosa is mentally disabled. See, and very
0: extreme and very insensitive.
1: Yeah. But that's like, that's how they have gotten attention
0: from day one. Yeah. People latch onto that and that's fine. Um, But when, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's, it's just part of the way that society is functioning now. Yeah. But those are our thoughts and our opinions. Like the, the
1: the thing that I've, I try to remember is I do think that uh, people like Savon and people who associate themselves with him and who, who think that he's like great are probably the vocal minority. I think that the reality is more people are probably somewhere in the middle. You know, they don't know exactly what to think. They're like, Oh, that's kind of a bummer. But you know, I guess I'll still go to CrossFit class at my affiliate because I care about the owner of my affiliate and my gym community. And that's going to go on no matter who is running the CrossFit games. And no matter what Savan says on his dumb podcast, like, like nothing changes for the the way people experience CrossFit in their day-to-day lives. And it's important to remember that if you are someone who like did get really upset, upset over Dave, if you are worried, like think about the people that you go in and see every day in the gym, think about the owners of your gym, think about your community. Like if we if we learn nothing from 2020, it's that even if you if you remove the name CrossFit from your gym, nothing changes. The community remains the same. The people remain the same. Everything that import is important remains the same, no matter what, no matter who's in charge, no matter what decisions are being made, no matter who's making open announcements or designing CrossFit Games workouts. And that that is what you have to remember going forward. Yep. And then just have faith, like. Like change is not a bad thing. Like any, most of the great things that have happened with CrossFit, um, you know, or life in general, this world have come from changes that were probably a little bit uncomfortable at first. And we've been watching Ted Lasso, which I would highly recommend to anyone, especially if you're, you know, feeling kind of dark, it's a great show, (laughs) but he goes on, uh, you know, the episode we watched last night, he he quoted Walt Whitman. Walt Whitman, and he said, um, "Be curious, not judgmental." And he's talking specifically about how he's been judged in the past, and people make assumptions about him, and they belittle him and they bully him, and you know it's because they didn't, they weren't curious enough to ask questions about him. And I think that that is a problem that we have as a society, and it's someone's fault. Like the the human mind is a, like, it's, it's a meaning-making machine. It is designed to make connections. And when it doesn't have all of the information, it is either going to interpolate or extrapolate information to make things make sense. And what that means is that we're all judgmental all the time. We are always, we are always closing the gaps. We are always making up the parts of stories that we don't know. It's the reason why you get so mad when, you, when someone cuts you off in traffic. You don't know what's going on with that person, but you make up the part where they're an asshole, you know, because <laughs> it makes someone cuts that. you
0: off on the ski hill. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: Some dumb snowboarder. Somebody's,
0: Yeah. Or me.
1: You don't know that they're actually blind in one eye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or blind altogether. You, but
1: that's the thing is you don't know, but you have like, in order for it to make sense to your, your brain, you make up the rest of the story. You make up the part you don't know. And so instead of being like going into a, a situation and going into this change with any amount of curiosity about what can possibly come next and if it can be a good thing or a positive thing, you go into it thinking, nah, it's not gonna be as good because it's not Dave. It's not old CrossFit. I don't like the new CrossFit. I don't like Eric Rosa. You don't know anything about him. You don't know what he's trying to do. You don't know what Dave is back there doing. Like you all you know is the version of the story that you're telling yourself and you're letting yourself get mad and fired up, and riled up, and pissed off over something that probably isn't even real.
0: Okay. I listen to Women in Songs playlist. Oh and, no, I'm going somewhere good with this. Oh, so okay. pay attention. <laughs> um, and it's not that it's a great playlist and you should listen to it's it. It's not. <laughs> you just reminded me of a song. It's called everybody's got a story by amanda marshall don't know who
1: that is or that song
0: okay you've you've heard it but basically it's like one of the lyrics i'll just read it because i don't assume everything on the surface is what you see because that classmate just lost her mother and that taxi driver's got a phd and it again it's like you don't you know people probably get in a cab and they're like person doesn't have an education like they're an idiot you know you don't know yeah and you don't know like what somebody's going through at the supermarket
1: yeah like you don't have no none of us have the right i mean this is again this is this is moving from a a situation perspective to a personal perspective but you don't have a right to look at someone and think you know anything at all about them you have no right and when you realize or when you take a step back and you start you know, you can understand, you can give yourself a little perspective on situations like this one and just say, Hey, like, um, I probably don't know. Do you know it yet? No, but I hate it
0: already. Okay, fine. Not the right time.
1: (laughs) But anyways, when you realize you don't actually know that much about the situation, it becomes a little bit easier to Detach your emotions from
0: what you think is going on. I remember when they moved the games from Carson to Madison. And people were like, how dare you? They were pissed. <laughs> it's like, I remember people saying like, how is anything going to match the tennis stadium? It's not going to be as good. Like you're not going to have Friday night. like, Or yeah, Friday and Saturday night at the tennis stadium. You're not going to have you know the the soccer stadium like it's not in California and it was fine people still bought tickets people still like loved madison i specifically remember in madison like the first year cuz i was on the demo team like the the environment was very similar to the tennis stadium and you weren't like baking in the sun all day i almost died in the tennis stadium <laughs> I got like third degree burns. Yeah. Not third degree, but they were not good on my legs. Remember when you couldn't even sit on those dang seats? They were yeah, I mean, so I, hot.
1: I think I realized quickly why they don't
0: play tennis there in the summertime. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like. <laughs> it was a good change, though. It was. and people. But I, I specifically remember people being quite upset about it and sad and they're going to miss it. And, and rather than being optimistic about what Madison has to offer. Yeah. And honestly, Madison is better because you're not like driving to and from the venue for 45 minutes in traffic if you're staying at the beach. Yeah. Uh and it's easier on the athletes. So, I remember
1: we got an Airbnb uh in Carson in 2000, uh, 2016. And the Airbnb was actually not in Carson. It was like on the border between Carson and Compton. Mm, and it friends. was uh it was an experience but yeah it's um i mean crossfit i think back when they announced like the open was going to be a thing people lost their minds over that like all oh, the sports never going to be the same blah 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 um and like it's different sure the open was a very like that was a pretty major shift madison's different like the coliseum is very different from the tennis stadium it's not different in a bad way it's just different mm-hmm. just different like And the new leadership is going to be just different.
0: Yeah. The way you qualify for the games is different. And if you don't like it, if you don't like it as an athlete, if you don't like it as a spectator, like don't do it. I mean, like part of it was just my time to leave the sport. Part of it was like, I just was not interested in the way that the sport was shifting for me as an athlete. It didn't serve me like as an athlete. Like it didn't like mesh with the way that how well I do in online competitions versus in person. And just like having to travel and stuff and go to all these different events. Um, and so I was like, you know what? That's fine. I'm just not going to do it. But yeah. like some people, it's just like, man. I will say there is a difference between standing up for like what's right, like the Black Lives Matter movement when some of the athletes stood up and, you know, had opinions and, and had voices. Or or when, you know, Greg Glassman, and that was kind of tied in, had his opinion. Um and these athletes, you know, kind of spoke up. There's a difference between that and the difference between what Eric Rosa did. And not that the athletes haven't are the ones saying anything, but just generally the community.
1: Yeah, I think you're seeing more of an outcry from certain parts of the community over this. Probably the same parts of the community who were
0: quite quiet. Yeah, and I'm, but I'm just saying that speaking there, there is a, we're not saying you should never speak up for what you believe in it's just there're certain things that probably don't necessarily need as much aggression or p- push
1: yeah it's it goes back it's to like why like,
0: why because a ceo has made a decision about the way management is going to be in a corporation that has nothing to like that's just not the same as i just wanted to say that yeah um
1: yeah i think the question the the why question is pretty Important to ask, I think people's understanding of why they're upset is somewhat flawed. Um, yeah, I guess that's kind of it for this one. How do we want to wrap it up? Um, I'm still really interested in what's gonna happen this season. We're kind of watching it from a distance, obviously not participating, but um I heard like and obviously there's been a lot of threats made, not threats. I don't know, yeah, I guess threats to you know people not gonna sign up for the open or boycott or this or that. So I'm actually quite interested to see if that if that occurs, if people actually do revolt. Um you know, because at the end of the day, what does that actually accomplish? Like, yeah, you take you save your twenty dollars or whatever, but you know, are you still are you not participating at your affiliate? What what impact is that having on your local gym and your community and the people who you are with every day, like I said, those people are not going anywhere. Um, you know, if it builds the community to do the open, do the open.
0: I think a lot of people, and I do this too, they, they behave based on their, the, it's like the principle of it. Like you'll say, Alex, why are you doing that? And I'm like, it's the principle of it. It's the principle yeah, I mean, it's always a principle. And maybe, but really, the principle is just shooting yourself in the foot a lot of the time. It's like out, out of principle, you're not going to compete in the open, but the open is really fun and you love the open and it's part, of, it's a way to be part of the community. So, really, like not doing the open out of principle is really just like, and yeah, what are you accomplishing besides like, Yeah. You're standing up for something, but is it actually going to like do anything? Like there's things you stand up for, like I mentioned, but like one of the, this is just not, it doesn't fall into that.
1: Yeah. No one cares if you do the open or don't do the open. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, if you messaged us a few weeks ago, asking our thoughts, there you have it. There are our thoughts. Um, I like, we like Dave. I think he's a great person and a very valuable asset to the community. I also think that this might be the right change. I don't actually know, you know, what specifically led to it. I can speculate like a lot of other people can, and there's no point in doing that. Um, but I'm going into what happens next with a healthy, healthy amount of curiosity. And as always a lot of hope.
0: Yeah. And if you're looking for a playlist, you know where to go. Women in
1: Songs. Go ahead. If you can make it through the
0: whole thing. Okay.
1: I think my favorite is they always open with the same dual song. The the playlist goes on and it's dual. What is
0: it? What is this? I don't know what the name of the song is. I'm going to have to look. Meredith said the other day, I noticed that whenever you put it on, the same song comes on first. And I said, no, I select that song to come on first.
1: Is it Foolish Games? <laughs> it is Foolish Games.
0: Just let it play. She has a great voice. It's very unique. You told- Fading out. If that doesn't get you pumped up for a workout, I don't know what will. Got me pumped up I don't now. know what will.
1: Did you know she's from Alaska? I didn't. Well, there you go. She's also married to a cowboy.
0: Hmm. Ty How do you know this? Can't I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. Especially just, when you're so negative about her song.
1: I'm not I like Jewel. I just don't like Jewel in my workouts but I have a memory for things that are completely
0: irrelevant and that's what I know. Okay. Listen to it. It's best of women songs on spot on Spotify. Ty Murray. Okay. Well, anyways, that was a good closing out. We're a little bit more of a positive spin on a more serious topic for today.
1: Everything's going to be okay. It always is. Um, Until next time. Thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, share, do all the things you normally do. We appreciate your support and we'll talk to you again soon.